A while back, we had a UK doctor on the podcast, but today we have a physician associate from the UK. Her name is Sophia Hiramatsu. She is awesome. She's doing a ton for education over there, and we're going to hear about her job as a PA in the UK working in primary care. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. I'm Savannah Perry, your host, your dermatology PA, your pre-PA coach, really whatever you want to call me. Somebody on Instagram said I was the PA mom the other day. I don't know if you've seen that TikTok challenge, like mama said that it was okay. Somebody put me in that. A couple of people did, and I was so flustered and excited and honored. So anyway, call me whatever you want. But I am excited to have you listening to the podcast because this episode is so unique. We have never had in three years a PA from the UK on the podcast. I connected with Sophia on YouTube. She commented and then we started emailing. And I'm so excited because a lot of questions I get are about can PAs work internationally? What does that look like? What are the differences? So we talk about that and what her educational path has been as well as what her job looks like. Really great episode and definitely if you have any questions, she's your girl. All of her information is linked in the description. So you can check that out. All right. So one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit before we jump into today's episode is a change we have on the paplatform.com. We in the past have had some coaches who do what we call a pre-PA assessment, which kind of looks at where you're at, what you need to do, and gives tips on how to become a more competitive PA school applicant. We have revamped that into more of kind of a generalized pre-PA counseling session to make it more of what you need because there are so many people at so many different points in their journey, whether that's, you know, you're in high school, you're a freshman, you're a sophomore, or you're a re-applicant, or you are a career changer. So we just wanted to make it a little more tailored to what you need. So what questions do you have? What do we need to work on? What do you need help with? So you can find all of that information on the paplatform.com or in the description. Our coaches are awesome. Some of them are specializing in very specific things. Um, We also have specific coaches who can work with kind of PA students who are struggling with new grads who are trying to figure stuff out. So we're really, you know, making things more specific to what you need. If you have questions about that, feel free to email me or reach out on social media. Info at the PA platform is my email, or you can find me on Instagram at the PA platform. And don't forget, you can use the code FUTUREPA if you do decide to book a counseling session. Use that code and you'll get a discount. All right, let's hear from Sophia and learn about her job across the pond. Hello, my name is Sophia and I am a qualified physician associate working here in the UK. Um, I work in general practice or otherwise known as family medicine uh, in the US and I'm also founder of Matrix Education. Uh, We're the leading educational resource provider for PA students 
and also qualified PAs in the UK. Cool. We have a lot to get into with that. How long have you been a PA? <laughs> yeah. Sorry? How long have you been a PA? Um, so I've been a PA about three years now. Yeah, about three years. Yeah. Awesome. How did you find the profession? What kind of brought you to medicine and becoming a PA? Um, so I actually did kind of come across it before um I was initially interested in medicine applying medicine as well but um it was actually one of my university tutors that I went to advice for um about medicine because I was in the middle of my application for medicine and he suggested this new role uh that basically had come up and they'd come across and I went back home had a look into it did lots of research I remember I did like an all-nighter just just reading all about it and it actually appealed to be more than than the medical route or the medicine route so I applied uh, I applied to a couple of universities and I chose the one that was closest to my house in Birmingham in the UK nice how many programs are there over there now so I think it's between 30 to 50. I can't remember the exact number. That's more than but I thought. Yeah, it's, it's growing. Um, it's, really, it's really growing here. Interesting. Okay. Um, so what we can kind of probably compare and contrast a little bit, but what is the application process like to become a PA in the UK? Like what are the requirements? What did you have to do to get there? So my, for myself, I just wrote a personal statement and applied with my undergraduate, which was human biosciences. I went to some interviews and then I got placed. For myself, the actual process itself it wasn't too difficult. I think over the last couple of years, though, they have made it a little bit more um more, they've added a bit more requirements like they've created some aptitude tests as well now for prospective PA students in the UK and there's other processes like MMIs and certain tests that and like OSCE type stations that um, PA students have to sit prospective PA students have to sit um, so but most of the time universities they're looking for about a 2-1 which is like a second upper class uh, degree, undergraduate degree okay. in um, human um, human related studies. So that could be biomedical science, which is very popular. Um, a lot of people that do biomedical science, I've heard, do the PA role. Um, but we've also also come across midwives, uh, pharmacists sports medicine people it's a lot of people coming from healthcare essentially or from a background of healthcare or science interesting and yeah do they require or suggest that you have patient care experience before PA school that's a big thing here that has become more more of a requirement that schools really want that patient care experience I think it's good to have here in the UK, but it's definitely not essential. 
Um, it's nice to have it. I When I applied, I didn't have a lot. I mentioned a couple of work experience type placements that I did. Mm-hmm. I shadowed a couple of doctors in hospital just for a short period of time. But other than that, I previously never had any experience with patients when I applied to my PA course here. So it's nice to have it, but I don't think it's like you have to have it kind of thing at the moment here anyway, that could change in the future. Yeah, it's, that's what it's just become more and more competitive here. So they've increased the requirements and made them more rigorous, more specific over time. Yeah. So the actual PA school, what was your PA school experience like? Uh, I found it quite difficult, actually. Um, when I think back to it, it was very intense because it was a lot crammed into two years. My first year, uh, first year was very theoretical, a lot of theory. So I guess that's your didactic year that you have in the US. Um, And then the second year was very much placement and seeing the patients and being chucked in the deep end, actually. Uh, So the first year was very theory based, a lot of information that we had to kind of pick up. It wasn't necessarily the content that we had to learn, which I found difficult. It was the amount of content that is expected of you to learn in a short period of time um and I'm assuming that's very similar to the U.S. in that sense yeah very similar and in the second year it was all kind of just applying that knowledge into practice so that's when we get sent out to hospitals and sent out to our family medicine or GP practices to see the doctors and also PAs as well that are working over here in the NHS. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So with kind of your PA education, um, so here we're trained as generalists, but then a lot of PAs do end up working in specialties. Um, I know you said you work in kind of what would be similar to family medicine. What is that like over there? Is it you know, PAs are mostly generalist or can PAs work in specialties too? What is that kind of process like? Yeah, so over here, you have the same option to work essentially wherever you want as a PA. Um, There's a lot of lateral mobility, I guess, over here to move across different specialties, which is really good. I personally just really like general medicine. So that's why I stuck to the general aspect of it all but I do have a lot of friends and colleagues that work in specialties and some of them can be quite niche as well like like I said like hematology hematological oncology I know I have a friend that works in in that specialty so it's yeah we we can work in very niche specialties as well as working in general medical areas as well Okay, so it sounds pretty similar. Mm. Um, how are how would you say PAs are kind of received or utilized in the UK? I don't know if you follow PA stuff over here, but we recently they proposed changing our name to physician assistant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, there, there's just some 
still some conflict between a pretty small group, but a small group of physicians who um, just feel like PAs are, you know, almost like a little bit of a turf war, like coming into their area, which is, Mm. I spoke with a physician. um, Well, he's a dermatology resident in the UK. Um, And he was like, really? Why? Like, I think y'all are great. Why would, why would people feel that way? And so I just didn't know what your experience was as a PA, like our, like what that relationship looks like. So I, in terms of like our relationship with our doctors here. Or, uh, and like, just like, yeah, let's talk doctors first. Like, yeah. So, PAs? <laughs> so I think personally, I haven't had any really negative experiences with the physicians that I've worked with they've all received me quite well and been quite open to the role and a lot of them have been very um, interested and quite positive about it when I was a student though however I had a bit of a different experience um, the consultants definitely treated me a bit differently um, than the medical students it was a lot of what are you who are you what what are you doing here um I did get a lot of that as a student but after I qualified I felt a bit more respected I guess um as soon as I started working maybe because of the area that I was working in or because I was I had to kind of become quite autonomous um in a short period of time Mm. um maybe it might be different for PAs working in hospital over here in the UK but me personally after I qualified I didn't really have a lot of actually I can't really think of any negative experiences um with the physicians here yeah and I haven't really had any in person it's all online stuff um but so you keep saying that you've qualified so does that what is that mean do y'all take a test after PA school yeah so qualified is the same as registered like oh so we'd probably say licensed or certified yeah licensed yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's, it's, like, it's the English way of saying like, this is the same. <laughs> um so y'all so y'all have boards yeah and of yeah same um what's y'all's called so we have to sit some we have to basically do our university exams okay um our internal in our university and and then after we pass that then we put forward to something called a national exam Mm -hmm. and this is I guess the board exam um, if you will and you have to pass that exam in order to be considered and start working as a registered or licensed physician associate in the UK if you don't pass that then can't work even if you passed your university exams got it okay so, yeah yeah and that's the same so we have ours is called the pants it's like p-a-n-c-e and we have to pass that after and that's the national test to get certified um okay so what what kind of does a day at your job look like what kind of patients are you seeing what's your schedule like um just as a PA? So in GP, my day usually starts around nine o'clock in the morning. I come in and pre-COVID, before the pandemic, I was doing emergency clinics. So that's when patients can come in with essentially anything. 
um, that's considered urgent or something that has not been can't wait essentially for a routine appointment and I started off kind of not seeing anyone under five because I was a bit scared I'm not gonna lie um but as time passed I'm now seeing newborns all the way to palliative or end-of-life patients so we see all ages we see all medical problems um in terms of what we can see so I'll have lunch around one o'clock. I call it lunch. It's not really lunch. It's more catching up mm-hmm. um, with admin and writing things up and referrals and blood tests and all those things. So yeah. I call it a time to eat something <laughs> while I'm doing all those things. And and then in two o'clock, my clinic starts again. Um and usually in the afternoons, I have pre-book. I had pre-bookable appointments pre-COVID, but now it's a lot of telephone calls and a lot of triaging the patients before we ask them to come in. Or if it's something that we can't really deal with on the phone, we ask them to come in, um, and then we see them then. But at the moment, it's a lot of telephone consultations, um, whatever the problem is. But in my practice, we have a really good system where if it's something that the PA can't do, like, for example, we technically don't do sick notes. So then in that case, the physician would take that and just kind of deal with that. So, yeah, but I guess that's my structure to the day. OK, interesting. Um, I would say most places here, well, speaking for my clinic and like my friends, um, are fairly back to normal, which is very weird compared to last year. Um, really? Back to normal? Mm-hmm. I mean, I this week saw 30 patients on Monday and 25 on Tuesday, and they, yeah, it's, they're pretty much back to, back to normal, which is very wow. strange. So, yeah, I don't know if that's the right call or not, but that's what, what most places are doing. So, um, as far as just healthcare in the UK, how, how do PAs fit in? Are y'all, you know, is there a need for providers? I, I, it's a little bit different of a system there, right? Than what we have, I think. Yeah. So we have the NHS here, the National Health Service free, um, and it's accessible to anyone um, in the UK. And I think because there is not enough workforce, um, I think PAs were brought in to help with that workforce issue, whilst at the same time, not obviously replacing doctors and nurses, but just helping with the workload because of the increasing demand of patients and the work on the NHS. So in terms of how it works here I guess it's very similar and we see the similar types of patients that physicians would see Um, depending on where you work you're you're taught certain skills and um, I guess you have to complete certain competencies depending on where you work depending on where your specialty is so like I have friends who are 
PAs that work in respiratory and they've been trained to kind of do chest strains for example yeah so it, it depends where you work and then your role will be adaptable in that sense yeah and then I would say that's similar to here as well um I want to talk a little bit about kind of your education stuff tell us what that is and why you developed it and kind of I love I just love when PAs like make stuff it's so <laughs> great to, you know, yeah Sure. So Matrix Education is a educational resource platform for aspiring and also qualified PAs in the UK. We essentially provide high quality tools to help with the learning and studying because a lot of our, I guess, learning and education system has been reliant on PA students over here to just use medical resources. So use medical textbooks, use the same question banks the medical students are using. And I, myself as a PA student, when I was studying, I didn't like that. (laughs) Um, I personally found that a little bit too much for what we need to know as PAs. And I felt that kind of, just us being expected to rely on the medical students' resources was not the most efficient way of doing things. So we basically got together and created a number of different things. Um, The first thing we made was the app, so which is a app that PA students over here use to revise for their their theory aspect of their exams, so the SBAs. Um, and then we also introduced courses, so OSCE courses, which are is the practical element of our exam. And I've recently published a textbook um, because when I was revising, I remember for my national exam, I was again using a textbook for a doctor but I felt like I wanted one for a PA. So I kind of actually got together with the person who wrote that book (laughs) and asked them to kind of help me write one for PAs. So essentially they've all been solutions to problems that I faced as a PA student, um, basically. I mean that's that's awesome that I mean that is very similar to my story of why I did the PA platform was feeling like there weren't enough resources for people who wanted to be PAs and um there are there are a few for PA students over here with specific books and things but we still use a lot of the medical school textbooks and resources also but I mean that's just that's really cool um well, so have, I have, this is a random question. Have you ever worked with any PAs from the U.S.? I've heard of PAs from the U.S. can go work in the U.K., but yeah. as of right now, I don't think PAs from the U.K. can come work here. I don't know why. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's that's right. So essentially, I've definitely worked with, I think, two PAs from America. Yeah. yeah. When I was on a locum shift, I met an American PA 
he was lovely um he was so nice but yeah I've, I've worked with one before yeah that's something I get asked about a lot and I'm like yeah I think you could go work there afterwards if you wanted to um but I don't know why it's not the reverse so maybe they'll figure that yeah. out <laughs> unfortunately you can't actually work anywhere abroad as a PA Oh, in, in, if, if you qualified as a PA in the UK, you yeah. can't work as a PA anywhere else. And that's another reason why I started Matrix, to be honest, because I didn't want to, if I wanted to be in a position where I want to work abroad and I want to do something yeah. different, I didn't want to just rely on my PA degree. Right. So, there you go. Um, well, the, I like the education side. I think that part of it's fun. What, um, where can everyone go to like find out more information or ask you their burning questions? Where would be the best place for them to find you to follow up? Yeah, sure. So um, you can go to our website. It's just matrixeducation.co.uk um, or you can follow us on Instagram. It's matrixeducation underscore. Don't forget the end of school. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. No worries. Thanks for listening, guys. And make sure to check out Sophia's website and social media. And tune in next week because we have the replay of our September PA school interview prep webinar with live examples from you guys. So we had people come up on the stage, answer questions. We went over some traditional stuff, some group stuff. It's really good. So you're going to enjoy next week's episode. If you're not already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. Please leave us a five-star review that helps other pre-PA students find the podcast. And if you have any questions, send them my way. I'll see you guys on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and the PA platform. Bye.